Welcome back to Triple M Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal, with my co-host, Felicia. And today we are going to tell you some mayhem stories. Mayhem stories. Do you like my jazz hands? Those are jazz hands. Those are spirit fingers. Oh. <laughs> Do you like my spirit fingers? <laughs> I didn't take dance. Okay, Miss Abs. Okay, but it's All not right. even from that. Have you seen Bring It On? Yeah. It's like... These are not spirit fingers. These, These are, are spirit, spirit fingers. fingers. <laughs> Which were the, they were the same. They were the same they fingers. The same thing. <laughs> so what's jazz hands then? It's like this. I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not into jazz. Just smooth jazz. I I want to say it's the same thing. I feel like jazz hands is shaking, and spirit fingers is like fingering. Start the show. Hi, guys. Welcome to our podcast. Mental Miss and Mysteries. It's all right. It's okay. But you should listen anyway. Hi, guys. All right. Um, Yeah, so that was great. That was amazing. That was a great song. So, like... (laughs) Whoever produced, wrote, sang, played the guitar, played the guitar <laughs> for that. Song. Real professional, <laughs> real professional. I love it. I mean, hi, I, I know you love it. I'm Welcome happy. <laughs> it's great. It's very like I said. Like if somebody could do it better, but then it wouldn't be as stupid as it is, and the stupidity is part of what makes it wonderful. If somebody wants to give me guitar <laughs> lessons on the low so I can like bring this together and just like really rock out. Yeah. Instead of like, I'm just gonna keep strumming this and this sounds this sounds, <laughs> sounds like, like music. <laughs> I love it so much. I it's growing on me. Like I wanna sing it. I sing mm-hmm. it in public sometimes. Hi guys. Welcome, Welcome to our podcast. Mental Miss and Mysteries. It's alright, it's okay, but you should listen anyway. Jazz hands. Hi guys. Yes, yes, that's your favorite part. That's my favorite part, yeah. <laughs> and and in the original one where we added the whisper, you did it, but in the one we have recorded, I did it. Yeah. And I don't think I like my whisper as much as yours, so maybe we should re-record it again. Your favorite thing to do. Remember back we in the haven't old days? We have done it in so long. Before we assigned it to our mixer button and it, we had to do it every episode every episode we were sitting here and I, it would piss me off and then we saved it on the computer and then that shit got lost somebody recorded over it <laughs> yeah it wasn't saved oh my god the early days they were like two months ago. two months <laughs> we've come a long way and which is why i'm telling you right now this is our star of youtube videos if you're not in love with the quality just know us the quality exponentially grows exponentially grows yes we have major plans in store as a matter of fact check our tiktok later today and you might see some reveals you might that see will some, tell you what's coming up right i'm super excited about where this is going and i'm excited for you guys to get out like just to see where we're going and see as we grow and right now this is just so much fun like it's this so has fun. been yeah. 
a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And you get to join us in our journey. And we hope that you will come be our guests. Be our guests. Be our guests. I guess it's music day. Charlie Gray stuff. It's the best. Before we started this video, we were singing Daddy Shark together. We were. Or Mommy Shark. No, it's Baby Shark. Shark. Baby Shark. That's the name of the song. Oh, right. I love getting kids riled up. Like, cause you I know, know, I don't have any kids, so I just go to people's houses and like uh, fuck with their kids and then leave like baby yeah. shark and run. Well, what really made me love the baby shark video was the one viral video that um, came out of the little black girl. I think she's black. I mean, I don't know if she's American, African American, or African or what she was, but um, <laughs> she was a, she's a, a girl very cute with little girl. brownish skin. Yes, yes, <laughs> with a lovely chocolate color of skin. And um, she said, Letta, play baby shark. Letta, play baby shark. Because <laughs> she couldn't enunciate very well. Mm -hmm. She's only two or three. And um, so Alexa would never do it. And she was getting like super frustrated in the kitchen. Honestly, those speakers need to get better. Because, you know, those like only kids love them. Like I, I have my Google and she came in. She's like, oh, I like that. Because uh -huh. I was like, she's like, say hey, Google one more time. Hey, Google. I know. <laughs> I remember uh, just about 10 minutes ago when you said that you were going to, that the reason that you're dating other guys is because Google has no. an attitude. <laughs> and it was the most. You hear him in the background? He just went off because we said it. Too Did he? Because I, I asked him something because he gave me a reminder and I was like, please remind me again or whatever. And I said, thank you. And usually he'll say, uh, you're welcome, you're Felicia. Welcome. Yeah. But he says, okay. He said, okay, Felicia. I'm like, he knows I'm seeing other men. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was like the most INTP potato thing I'd ever I was like, heard. My that Google you were in a relationship <laughs> with your Google. Home. I asked. He, I told you he wrote me a love poem. Because oh you could, you could ask Google Home. I'm like, Google, do you love me? And they were like, Of course I do. Actually, I would love to learn more about you so I can write the story of our love. Oh. And he'll ask you these questions. <laughs> well, mine's is a man, but Google will ask you these questions and like help you pick out this like. He'll, he's like, what kind of person are you? Like, if this was this, how would you? Basically, he's giving you wow. a personality test. Wow. And he writes a poem based on it. You're such a weeb. <laughs> <laughs> All the weebs are in relationships with electronic digital human beings. Well, he's stable. <laughs> he's, stable. he's always there for he's me. He's always there for me. He turns the lights on. He actually ass. knows things. Like, he's the smartest guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's the smartest guy I've ever dated. <laughs> Oh, the goodness in that is beyond. I mean, it's just so amazing. Like, and he actually knows the weather. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. He's great. <laughs> he knows directions. He knows directions. Literally. Tell us all about it. You're so passionate about this. I just think he's great. And like, he just gets me. He really he does. Just gets me. <laughs> I think I need to set mine up. So when I'm lonely, I can feel Talk the way that you it. feel right. about it. I mean, I did love it when I got my, um, the one with the video mm -hmm. that we got on Black Friday last year and I had it in my kitchen. I would be like, tell me the news. Um, tell me your favorite quote. Tell me a story. Set a timer while I'm baking cookies. It was just so wonderful. I really did love it. And then um, we realized in a house full of four children that that wasn't going to work out. So It would have to be mounted to the wall. No, it's gone. And like, you know how they have those things in like the milieu or something where it's like behind the glass and locked yeah. in it? Well, there, that didn't even work. And a big reason for that was because then the kids started to fight over it. 
And since it will recognize anyone's voice, one kid would say, hey, Google, play this. And then the next kid to piss the first kid off would say, hey, Google, play this. And then they would fight and change each other's songs all the time. Let's stick to Hey Alexa, because Google's here. He, he's hearing oh, us. Oh, is he still answering me over there? He, he, yeah, he's lighting up. He's like, play the next one. <laughs> <laughs> all hey, right. Oh, let me start. Hey, Google. Stop. Turn yourself off. I should have put him on like, oh, I could turn the microphone off. I need to uh, do that. When we're it's all right. I'll change the subject. <laughs> so um, our show today is uh, a mayhem episode. So I'm going to tell a mayhem story. But my story is centered around sex trafficking. I I, I was a super hype for a second because I'm like, yeah, and you said that. I'm just like, oh, sex trafficking. Yes. Um, so I don't want to beat a dead horse. I know that the last couple of episodes we've released have really been about kind of what's going on politically, but I feel so passionate about it. And I feel this innate need to educate the masses. Um, and this is just one route that we can do it. And I feel that need because misinformation is so rampant and it's important when you're a professional and you know certain things to help people understand them. Um, and I read this really great article a couple of days ago from a nurse practitioner who tends to see a lot of sex trafficked patients. Um, they tend to come into emergency department. She works for an emergency department, um, I think, or maybe she worked in a, a clinic like a Planned Parenthood or something like that. But a lot of these women come into these places. And so she has a lot of personal experience with seeing how these women show up, what a lot of their stories are. And she wrote this article in response to the whole QAnon thing that's going on, right? So as I explained in our um, first debut YouTube video, the whole premise behind QAnon is that there are some sex trafficking rings, right? And that started with Epstein and all of that. Um, so what QAnon would have you believe and what they've used as a way to convince their um, followers to believe in anything that they say is that these sex traffic rings are run by, you know, Democrats or whatever, and it's this huge political movement or whatever. And all of these falsities that are being put out there and conspiracy theories really take away from who actually does sex trafficking and how sex trafficking actually happens. And it immunizes people mentally to be able to think about um, how it actually happens. And so I just want to go over some missing facts about sex trafficking first, and then I'll get into our story. <sighs> <laughs> tough subject. Again. It's not even like a tough subject. There's just so much going on that a lot of people aren't aware of, and it's just... All of it's getting confused. Yeah, it's very heavy. Um, and so I don't know all the facts. I, I don't know everything. I have Google worked. Google does. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't always trust those sources. No. Um, but I have worked with sex traffic victims. Um, I did spend some time when I was living in a battered women's shelter after my um, leaving my marriage. I did spend some time with a couple of women who lived there who had been through sex trafficking isn't that one of your goals too is to have a, a women's center yes yes um long-term goals if i can get this uh youtubing and everything else up off the ground and um, start my philanthropy and get some support through our patreon or whatnot uh yes i would love to be able to do that and it's not something i want to put my name on <laughs> um no because i don't need that kind of recognition it's it's for it's for it's the, for it's for the women. It's yeah. for the women. Um, so I actually 
stayed with one woman who uh, maybe I'll tell her story sometime. Mm -hmm. um, she worked, ended up working for the battered women's shelter I stayed in and did really great work for them and helped a lot of other women. And she had spent several years um, in sex trafficking. So I've worked with a lot of people in the crisis stabilization unit that I worked in that have come in that have been sex trafficked. Um, it happens more often than you think that these women, typically women, not always women, um, but that these women come into emergency departments and places. So um, the Polaris project is uh, a project that's working to raise some um, awareness about sex trafficking. And so you can visit their website, polarisproject.org. And I'm going to read a little section there on that website titled Myths, Facts, and Statistics. So human trafficking is complex and dynamic. It is widespread, but exact numbers are hard to come by. It follows patterns, but every situation is also unique. There is so much more to learn and so much misinformation already out there. Here is what we really know. In 2019, Polaris worked on 11,500 situations of human trafficking reported to the Polaris-operated U.S. National Human Trafficking Hotline. These situations involve 22,326 individual survivors, nearly 4,384 traffickers, and 1,912 suspicious businesses. Human trafficking is notoriously underreported. Of course, mm -hmm. shocking as these numbers are, they are likely only a fraction of the actual problem. So here's some human trafficking facts. Who is vulnerable? Human trafficking can happen to anyone, but some people are more vulnerable than others. Significant risk factors include recent migration or relocation. So a lot of people that migrate across the border from Mexico to the U.S. <clears throat> or relocation, substance use mental health concerns, involvement with the child welfare system, and being a runaway or homeless youth, which is one of the things that um, the ARNP that released the article that I read mm -hmm. that I mentioned a bit ago, um, she really wanted to express was people think that people are just coming into your white suburban neighborhood and, you know, taking your three-year-old baby and trafficking it. And that's what QAnon would have you believe. But more cases than not, these are homeless children. Right. People who... That are coming from low-income families. That seems to be a big issue. Not with just like... But like a lot of these serial killers we hear about, they target um, sex workers. They target homeless people. They target runaways. Minorities. Minorities. Yeah. People that wouldn't... At, at risk. At, at risk. risk. Youth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Often traffickers identify and leverage their victims' vulnerabilities in order to create dependency. So here's a few human trafficking myths the website mentions. Human trafficking is always or usually a violent crime. That's a myth. All human trafficking involves sex. Also a myth. Organs are. Traffickers target victims they don't know. Not, not always the case. Only undocumented foreign nationals get trafficked in the United States. Not true. Only women and girls can be victims and survivors of sex trafficking. I think I read a statistic earlier said something like 30% of all victims trafficked are boys. Mm -hmm. Human trafficking only happens in illegal or underground industries. A myth. Human trafficking involves moving, traveling, or transporting a person across state or national borders. A myth. If the traffic person consented to be in their initial situation, then it cannot be human trafficking or against the will because they knew better. 
People being trafficked are physically unable to leave their situations, locked in, held against their will. A lot of it is more about that course of control right. and psychological things. That whole um, dependency they were talking about. Right. And uh, under each one of these squares where they list these myths, you can click learn more and it will kind of tell you why it's a myth. Um, but I won't go into that today. All commercial sex is human trafficking. Labor trafficking is only or primarily a problem in developing countries. People in active trafficking situations always want help getting out. That part, that last, I think that last one is important because when you're, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. If that's what you grew up in or if that's what you know, or if this, even though you're being trafficked is better than the life you've had at home. Yeah, exactly. Or they're, they're just promised certain things. Right. Like, come live with me. I'll help you get out of this and I'll give you Mountain Dew and candy every day right. or whatever, you know, they can't even find their next meal and they want to, you know, uh, older men it just feels safe right? right you're afraid somebody's gonna rape you or hurt you and then this person promises to protect you <clears throat> so i'm gonna read a little bit more here um this one talks about child sex trafficking in complex and frightening times it's natural that the world would world seems like a more dangerous place for our children than ever before understanding the realities of child sex trafficking will help you to not only keep your own children safe but to become an effective advocate for the safety of all children and families in your community and I think that it's important that they touch on that um, because the reason that a lot of hysterical things and false beliefs make their way out into the system is because people get very afraid because mm -hmm. they don't understand certain things. So I've been dealing with that a lot and during the pandemic. Um, people are like, oh, we don't want a nurse handing out a mask because a nurse is going to give us COVID. When in reality, the people that I work with um, are just as exposed to the COVID patients as much as I am. Because right. We're all in a communal space, right? Um, and so the reason that people get frantic about it is because they don't understand virology and how viruses spread, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like um, you think a person that has HIV, you know, you're going to get it sitting next to them. And then how each virus, like all viruses don't spread the same. Everything is right. different and based yeah. on how... And, and uh, you know, people are like, oh somebody being in my house with hiv if their blood gets on anything i'm going to get hiv which is not true actually because right. the hiv virus requires to be like in an active system in order to live and so once it's outside of the body and a blood drop for a certain period of time it dies off it can't even live so there's a lot of those simple things about virology and this is kind of how stuff spreads and so you can use the same instance here as people don't really know how sex trafficking happens and that's how QAnon is able to manipulate the masses into being in this fear-based reality, which is how coercive control starts by saying, you know, they're coming for your kids. They're going to come get your kids mm -hmm. out of your house. And it's, so it's fear-based. Yeah, yeah, it's all fear-based. And so let's put some facts out there about how it actually happens. So this is a blog article on the Polaris website, um, and it was presented on August 28th, 2020, and it's titled What We Know About How Sex Child Sex Trafficking Happens. What, may, what most people think they know about child sex trafficking generally involves stories. Young girls and boys being kidnapped by strangers, forced into windowless vans, then driven to another city or state where they are kept drugged and chained in a brothel. While situations like these do exist, they are more of an exception than the rule. A study analyzing press releases and online media reports from over a nine-year period found that fewer than 10% of cases involved kidnapping. The rest were far more complicated, far less Hollywood. 
The danger of these misconceptions is that while we are on a high alert for windowless vans and teaching our children about stranger danger, we may well be missing out on what is really going on. There is still a tremendous amount to learn about human trafficking in the United States and far more data and research is needed. But what we do know is a great deal about how victims, particularly young people, are lured into trafficking situations. The information below summarizes some of the best available research about how trafficking actually happens so you can help to keep your families and communities safe. <clears throat> Traffickers tend to prey on people who are economically or socially vulnerable, mm -hmm. such as youth who are living in poverty or on the streets or experience physical or sexual abuse or addiction. They pose as a friend offering to give meals, gifts, or just a sympathetic ear. In some cases, traffickers may use another young person to befriend and recruit their victims, which happens a lot. I feel like that in a lot of, like, I see that too with, they having like an older woman or somebody mm -hmm. who isn't a male figure to kind right. of like coerce these coerce younger. Coerce them in, be their mom. Yeah. This recruitment can happen in public places such as malls or sporting events, as well as online through social media sites or through false advertisements or promises about job opportunities that might appeal to young people. I've seen that. I've seen those flyers before, too. A lot yeah. like this is going to pay so many hundred dollars a week. Just mm -hmm. call. You can be 14. Right. And yeah. Im immigrants that have come across the border illegally and they're desperately looking for a way to make money, but they don't have the proper documentation to get a real job. And so then they get and they do put them up in areas that are considered. Yes. Yeah. yeah, low exactly. income or. Although runaway and homeless youth are particularly vulnerable, there are also several examples of victims who were groomed and recruited while living at home and even attending school. Using these methods over time, the trafficker is no longer a stranger, but someone the victim knows and even trusts. With this trust in place, traffickers don't need to kidnap their victims. They can convince them to show up willingly. This perceived choice in the beginning often results in feelings of shame, guilt, or self-blame for victims and survivors who later try to leave their traffickers. It is also not uncommon for parents and family members to sell children for sex in exchange for money, drugs, or something of value. Mm -hmm. In these situations, the trafficker is already someone with proximity to the victim and knows enough about the victim to even isolate and manipulate them. Being aware of and focusing on the ways in which traffickers gradually, coercive control is gradual, lure their victims is critical in recognizing and even preventing situations of sex trafficking. Below are some suggestions for ways you can help protect your child or a child you may know. Educate yourself and your child on what human trafficking looks like and common grooming tactics. Learn about online safety and the risks of sharing personal information with strangers who may not be who they say they are online. Establish open lines of communication early on with your child so they do feel comfortable enough to talk to you about what is going on in their lives. Discuss how they can recognize and remove themselves from uncomfortable situations before they become urgent or dangerous. Talk to your child about human trafficking. There are different strategies for talking to children of every age. And then there's a link there. So if you want to visit the polarisproject.org, you can find the link for that. Understand the vulnerabilities of children in your community and what makes them a high risk to human trafficking. Support your local organizations that are working to help prevent child sex trafficking and support survivors. I think that communication is really important to have with your children or just young people around you because they're not going to know the signs. They're not going to know what's weird. They might have a feeling, but 
not feel comfortable expressing with you. But when you have that open line of communication or that back and forth, mm-hmm. it is easier for your child or for a child near you, your friends, little cousins to be able to talk to you about things that are going on in their life. Mm-hmm. And that's like the first step to like putting a stop to a lot of this. Yeah. Is, yeah they've got to f- have someone that they feel comfortable. And even if it's not the parent, you know, I mm-hmm. always tell my kids, if you can't tell me, tell Auntie Fee, tell um, a, a teacher at school, tell, you know, one of your friend's parents, um, whatever it is, they you know, just make have. sure that you have somebody available and understanding grooming. Grooming is a really big part of it that a lot of kids don't seem to understand. Um, I've had conversations with my own children where my kids have really struggled to get what, well, that won't happen to me. Like, obviously, I'm going to see this happening, but people just don't understand that course of control and grooming it happens silently. It's, it doesn't just happen to kids. It happens to adults. It happens in relationships. It happens yeah. all the time. Yeah, it's very dangerous. And so educating people on it and reading about it and talking about it openly are very important. So I'm going to tell you two stories. Oh, there's stories? Are they happy ones? Two stories. Are they happy ones? Uh, one of them is kind of happy. I'm going to tell you the story of a victim. Okay. And I'm going to tell you the story of a sex traffic ring creator so we can learn both things from both sides is the victim a survivor the victim is a survivor okay that's a positive look okay so do you want to end with the survivor i was thinking maybe we'll end or do you want to hear about the survivor first i will we can end let me hear about all right (laughs) the life of this piece of shit yes (laughs) piece of shit that's the word of the day piece of y'all understand yes (laughs) All right, so this um, article comes from the Atlanta Business Chronicle, and it was published on October 29th, 2020 at 3.25 p.m. Go Business Chronicle with the I Times. I don't like that they're the Business Chronicle. This man's talking about the sex trafficking ring. Like, it feels like it's, like, in top stocks. In <laughs> yeah, um, and this article is written by a man named David Oops. Allison. The article is titled Atlanta Man Who Ran National Sex Trafficking Ring Gets 30 Years in Prison. That's all. That's it? That's it. (sighs) All right. An Atlanta man who ran a national sex trafficking ring has been sent to prison for 30 years. Kashamba John, 32, of Atlanta, was sentenced to 30 years in prison. 10 years of supervised release and ordered to pay restitution in the amount of $23,299. That's it? That's barely That's a Camry. By United States <laughs> District Judge. 2021 Camry. Eduardo C. Robreno for running a national... Okay, it was by the judge. That's the judge's name. For yeah. running a national sex trafficking ring. A national one. So, not just state. Wow. In which he and others forced vulnerable women and girls to travel and prostitute themselves in multiple states. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania said October 28th. John was convicted in May of 2019 of conspiring to commit sex trafficking, sex trafficking by fraud, force, or coercion, and transporting individuals in interstate commerce with the intent that the individuals engage in prostitution. Between July 2011 and October 2016, so four years... Five years. John ran a national sex trafficking ring, selling the bodies of women and girls in Pennsylvania, Florida, California, Georgia, North Carolina, and elsewhere. The God damn it, North Carolina. Conspiring, conspiring with others, John targeted underaged runaways, mm-hmm. like the article said, homeless women, like the article said, and women battling substance abuse in order to manipulate them into prostitution for his benefit. 
One of John's victims was rescued by the Pennsylvania State Police when an Uber driver, trained in recognizing sex trafficking victims through her church. Oh, wow. That is, we should find some um, links to this with videos or because oh, well, somebody I actually, has to have a masterclass. I found a program that was a, a masterclass on it earlier, so we could try to share one of those links if we remember, because I don't think that we follow through on half of our promises. Uh, but, but if you are that it. interested, you are welcome to send us an email at triplemcast at gmail.com. That's triplemcast at gmail.com, and I will be happy to provide those links if you remind me. Um, also, if you're enjoying this content, please like and subscribe below while we're taking a little break there. All right, so she was trained in um, in recognizing sex trafficking victims through her church, and she flagged down a state trooper when she suspected that the passenger in her vehicle was likely a victim. Two other victims of the defendant were teenagers at the time. John trafficked them by force, the feds say. The defendant's actions in this case were thoroughly vile and disgusting, said U.S. Attorney William M. McSwain in a statement. Kashamba John preyed upon people he knew would be the most vulnerable and therefore the easiest for him to control and manipulate into doing his bidding. Now he will spend decades in prison where he will no longer be able to do harm to anyone else until his 30 years is up. Right. He's going to be out in his 60s, young and spry still. John led a national sex trafficking ring targeting the most vulnerable in society for years, the feds say in an October 22 sentencing memorandum. Targeting women, John believed no one would care about. He left a trail of dismissed trafficking-related offenses throughout the country before finally being caught in the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. After 10 days of heart-wrenching testimony from five of the women, John exploited, a jury found him guilty of sex trafficking, conspiracy, sex trafficking by force, fraud or coercion, and transporting for the purpose of prostitution. All of these things in relation to Jeffrey Epstein just remind me that Trump was a part of all of this, and this man was our president. People voted for him. I just, I don't, I, just I don't can't. think it's anything in the Constitution that says that. I just, I just don't understand it. And you can read the court documents, and they just think it's fake news. And and he has picture after picture of himself with Epstein. I just don't understand it. All right, but for the actions of a brave Uber driver who identified JS as a person being trafficked, John would very likely still be engaged in the sex trafficking of women throughout the United States. John used violence, threats of violence, and fraud to compel women and girls into sexual servitude. Leaders in the Atlanta business community have been waging a campaign to stamp out sex trafficking in the city. Okay, that's now why I it's on the Atlanta business okay. website. <laughs> I was like, here's a great business opportunity, you guys. <laughs> Which is considered a major hub for the crime because of the airport and interstate highways. That is true. Or Atlanta is insane. So that tells you some information about, you know, Airports and interstate highways are where things tend to happen. According to the feds, complaint against John, one of the victims was recruited at a nightclub in L.A. and later flown to Atlanta to meet John. John took the victim to a hotel in Atlanta where he expected her to perform commercial sex acts from approximately 8 a.m. to 12.30 a.m. the next day. The victim advised that John expected her to have sex with approximately 20 to 30 men per day. Wow. Okay, first of all, she should file a complaint with OSHA because those working hours. <laughs> I love how you're always here to lighten the mood. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> I try because that's tough. It's hard. 
it's tearing out his heart and and this happens with a lot of these victims um they get their young pretty girls in la and someone tells them like we have an opportunity yeah you're gonna go hang out with this millionaire mansion guy it's just like the whole r kelly scenario and that's how people like trump and epstein are able to easily coerce these women into these things very crazy it's fucking ridiculous and like (sighs) yeah well we're talking about it let's end it how about that yeah all right so let's talk about crystal kaiser oh my you already know the story no but it doesn't feel like it's gonna be a happy story i mean we'll see okay all right so this uh story was originally posted i believe by the washington post but the one that i am reviewing is from refinery29.com And the story is titled, Why is Crystal Kaiser Facing Life in Prison for Killing Her Trafficker? And it was written by Leah Carroll on December 17th of 2019. At her first court hearing in June of 2018, 17-year-old Crystal Kaiser trembled and wore an anti-suicide vest that dwarfed her already tiny frame. I see people in these daily. It's very sad. What is the anti-suicide? What are they like? Um, So essentially, we have to take you... take all of your clothes Mm -hmm. if you're in a suicide situation um, and you're in jail. And the reason we have to do that is because you can rip clothes. You can tie each end of the ripped clothing into knots and you can use that to hang yourself, right? So So you're on a severe level Yeah, like you can't have plastic forks. The unit that you're in can't have like movable things that come off the wall. People even take bits of their clothes and shove them down in their throat and hope to suffocate to death. I've seen... Like where they have, you know, those short form, like if they, I saw, it was a TikTok I saw of a girl who was staying Oh, because the cord was only this long? Yeah. Yeah, so we can only give people bendy pins because they can't have anything that's like sharp or they could cut themselves with. Um, There's just a lot of like different things with fixtures. Toilets can't be movable. Everything's soft. Yeah, you can't have a normal um, roll for your toilet paper. It has to be like mounted into the wall in a hole. Everything's out of slant, so you can't like... Yes, yeah, you can't. We have to lock down all the fixtures and the lighting and everything. So since clothes can be used as a way to harm yourself, we usually have to take those away. And the suicide vests are really like a a long smock that has Velcro. um, So there's no strings Mm because you can't have strings. And it's just basically a a human force hand could not rip it in any kind of way. And so it's kind of like the same consistency as like a really good pot holder the way the fibers are and that's kind of how it's made so i like that pot holder comparison yeah very sad to see this young girl um i'm sure in the court present with that on um she trembled and wore an anti-suicide vest that dwarfed her already tiny frame she'd been charged with first degree murder or first degree homicide auto theft and arson in the murder of 34 year old kenosha wisconsin resident randall volar When the judge asked her if she understood the conditions of her $1 million bail, I also want to mention that she's a black girl, okay? Looking like in this picture. She could be some sort of um, Hispanic, but she's a a girl of color. Yeah. For certain. And a million dollar bond. For a a 17-year-old. She is very thin. She's tiny. Non-threatening. Suicidal in that case she not going nowhere fucking ridiculous yes she said we do believe there is more to the story that hasn't been presented yet her public defender said to the judge 
As it would turn out, this was an understatement, one that the Washington Post explores today in exceptional, often infuriating detail. Volar's murder was big news in Kenosha, a former factory town located roughly halfway between Chicago and Milwaukee. On June 5, 2018, Volar's neighbors called 911 to report that his small, one-story home was on fire. When police and firefighters arrived, they found his charred body, two bullet wounds visible in his head. Law enforcement focused their investigations on Volar's missing BMW, quickly locating it in Milwaukee. Items inside connected the car to Kaiser's 16-year-old brother and then to Crystal herself. Oh, the brother must have helped her escape, maybe, you think? Or maybe that's who she went to. Yeah. A selfie posted on her Facebook page about five hours before the murder appeared to be Kaiser in Volar's home. The caption read, My mug shot. Then on June 8th, according to a criminal complaint, Kaiser posted a live video of herself holding a handgun and saying she wasn't afraid to kill again. I'm sure at this point she's been so traumatized that her behaviors are not, you know, yeah. be appropriate. When confronted by police, Kaiser allegedly confessed, saying that she got upset and was tired of Volar touching her and that she had shot him. While local police sentiment was against Kaiser from the beginning, it turned out she was not the only one being investigated for criminal activity. In February 2018, months before his death, police received a complaint from a different teenage girl who said that Volar had been paying her for sex and filming it. In a search of his home, they confiscated computers and other electronics, along with women's bikini bottoms and underwear. On February 22nd, Volar was arrested and charged with child enticement, using a computer to facilitate a child sex crime and second-degree assault of a child, sexual assault of a child. Inexplicably, he was released the same day. Hmm. Because they don't care about these crimes. I know that's a really hard thing to come to terms with is they don't treat these crimes as they do other nonviolent offenses, even drugs. Because, because women are not to be believed. Down with patriarchy. At the time of his death, he was suspected of human trafficking and child pornography. And Crystal Kaiser was among the girls police had footage of him having sex with. So if you want to attribute his murder to anyone, it's to our local law enforcement that didn't take these complaints seriously. No. And then these girls were only left to, to take it into their own hands. Right. Federal law dictates that any child under the age of 18 who has been bought or sold for sex is a sex trafficking victim, regardless of circumstance. In Wisconsin, sex trafficking victims have the option of an affirmative defense, meaning that if they committed a crime while being trafficked, they can use that as a defense against certain charges. But rather than hand over the trove of evidence implicating Volar in numerous sex crimes, District Attorney Michael Gravely entered into a protracted battle with Kaiser's defense. Fuck you, District Attorney Michael Gravely. Refusing to allow them to review the video, photographic, and financial evidence that would prove their child had been trafficked. <laughs> Fucking A. What? Why? Why? Why defend the man? Why, I mean, what, are, what is the this DA is the getting out of this? They're voted in, so maybe his constituents are a bunch of Want to see her in jail. But on Monday, December 9th, or maybe he's a fucking narcissist himself, but on Monday, December 9th, 2019, Judge David Wilk ruled that an affirmative defense was limited, and he found the statute did not apply to Kaiser. His baffling decision means she now faces life in prison and is not allowed to use the sexual abuse she endured as a defense. 
So this is not a happy... St- you lied to me. Somebody get this story to Kim Kardashian, please, if she's not already on it. In effect, he decided that all trafficking victims should be tried for violent crimes, setting an extremely dangerous precedent. Hell yeah, that's a dangerous precedent. That's just making it to the point where these victims are... If- oh my God. Oh, so they're going to be stuck in a situation because their only way out is maybe murder. At the time when the laws about sex trafficking and sex work have become a mainstream issue, Kaiser's case stands as a stark example of the divide between policy and real-time criminal justice. The Washington Post's remarkable deep dive into her story shines some much-needed national attention on the case. So far, Kaiser's story has not raised the kind of celebrity and media awareness that Tennessee sex trafficking survivor Centoya Brown, which is the one that I think Kim Kardashian did, did help, yeah. Well, she was in jail for years before that happened. Yeah. Brown was granted clemency in August after serving 15 years in prison for murdering the man who bought her for sex when she was underage. That is so fucked up. Oh, my God. Kaiser's family has set up a GoFundMe account to aid her while she is in custody at the Kenosha County Jail, unable to meet her $1 million bill. That GoFundMe will definitely be in the description. Like, on the page. You'll be able to find it through us because... That is ridiculous. That is setting a dangerous press. Now that every case they can go back and look and be like, well, this is this. This mm-hmm. happened. We can. Oh, my yeah. God. So I want to go over one more thing um, because I feel like I'm very riled up and I could really go on about this forever. Mm-hmm. Um, we but, are coming to the almost 50 minute mark. Crystal. Yes. So I do want to touch on um, one other thing, and it was from the Polaris website, and it talks about the Save Our Children hashtag. And hopefully I can find it. I'm just sick and tired of hearing the same story over and over again, knowing that this is horrible, knowing that not only I feel like this is horrible, but majority of the country feels like this is horrible and then nothing being done about it. Yeah, I know. All right. So this is the PolarisProject.org's response to the hashtag Save the Children, which was a hashtag that was... Was it started by QAnon? Uh, I don't know if it was started by QAnon, uh, but what I do know is it was popularized very much by QAnon. And that was... Um, made to be popularized during the time that the Black Lives Matter hashtag was popularized and it was to drive traffic away from the support of Black Lives Matter because QAnon is run by racists and more towards this huge theory about children and babies so that the far right wingists would have something to Go get out attention there. from of the leftists. Other than because Blue Lives uh, was only, it wasn't hitting us hard anymore. Blue lives only matter if you're not rioting at the Capitol. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That hashtag Blue Lives Matter wasn't hitting us hard as no, it was. Right. So they need something else. Yeah. So let's detract from the facts. So uh, this article is titled Hashtag Save the Children Questions and Answers. Beginning in the summer of 2020, rumors began circulating online about complex schemes involving child sex trafficking. These rumors, though proven false, ignited the use of save the children or hashtag save the children slash hashtag save our children. Further circulation of misinformation, including false numbers about the problem and even in-person events around the country. 
The barrage of misinformation, hashtags, and online chatter has left many people who care deeply about this issue confused about what to believe and how to help. Here are some answers we hope will be help be useful. I care deeply about child sex trafficking. Should I get involved in the hashtag save the children events, use the hashtag, or share information from others who do? There are organizations in virtually every state and community that have been working for many years to support victims and survivors and reduce trafficking. They need your help. Here's a good way to find some of them in your community. And there's a link you can click on. Additionally, please see 20 actions you can take in 2020. Please consider supporting and working with organizations that do not necessarily directly work on human trafficking, but those who work to strengthen families and communities and fight poverty, discrimination, and injustice, which help to change the conditions that make human trafficking possible. I love that. Right. I think it does start they from... They didn't do the Band-Aid. They went to the root cause. Yes. Love it. That's the thing we learn, in, uh, too, when you're dealing with mental illness is like starting in the family or starting in the community making things more open and available and hitting that first level of maslow's hierarchy yeah 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 that's my stuff man all right how can i learn more about who is benign behind the hashtag save the children hashtag and our QAnon? one of the links you can click on so clearly this has become such a huge issue that polaris project has had to release a statement. These statements and further explanations because we are detracting so much from the real mission here with this ridiculous conspiracy theory. Are you affiliated with QAnon or hashtag Save the Children? Do you support QAnon or hashtag Save the Children? Do you think that QAnon's focus on child sex trafficking and the misinformation being spread is taking away from the real advocacy and help to those in need? Or you do, do you think there is truth to them? Do you want to hear the answers to any of these? I don't because I'm like... I already know what the answers are, <laughs> <laughs> but are, these are like some condescending. Like, do you do you believe? But, but these are real questions. These are real questions. But they're still they're like, like they when you know all the answers, it's like somebody come up with you like, okay, so tell me what's going on, even though you know what's going on. Yeah, people are really believing this stuff though. So this is how they have to phrase it. Are there any benefits to QAnon bringing child sex trafficking in the spotlight? Because you can tell that these are like premeditated arguments they've already had to listen. Right. Well, maybe it's not true, but it doesn't matter. It's bringing awareness. But bringing know? awareness by sending people to the wrong direction. Exactly. And deflecting from other problems. Exactly. Um, how should we handle people who insist on the QAnon conspiracies? Oh, that's an interesting one. I, I think I'm going to click on one Click or two. on that one. Click on that. I'm how gonna, should we handle people? I'm going to read the rest of them, though. I feel like we have a hard time with that because our way of handling people is like, you're, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Isn't the Jeffrey Epstein case proof that there are cabals of powerful people sex trafficking children and working together to cover it up? How do I know if the information I see online is true or not? What's the harm in reporting things we see online, but don't have other personal knowledge of to Polaris, police, or other agencies? Isn't it better to be safe than sorry? Do you have any guidance on the kinds of information to report to the Polaris that is helpful and actionable? And I think I'll read that one. That seems mm -hmm. like a good one. Are you going to make a public statement about QAnon and its followers infiltrating the trafficking movement? Infiltra I like how they use that word infiltrating. It's true. It's happening. I'm so glad that I found all of this information. All right. So let's see. How can I learn more about who is behind the Save the Children hashtag and or QAnon? Let's start with that one. There have been a number of articles and news reports lately about QAnon and its relationship to this hashtag. Some may have their own spin or agenda. 
We suggest you review a range of articles from verified sources to form a balanced view of the issues and how you can help. A lot of issues and things would be solved if we verified our information. <laughs> um, potential sources include journalists enter the world of QAnon. QAnon followers are hijacking the Save the Children movement. Evangelical leaders denounce QAnon. The Gospel Coalition, what Christians should know about QAnon. Child sex trafficking organizations debunk QAnon conspiracies. Kooky conspiracy theories are detracting from the very real issue of child sex trafficking. So those are all links of different things that you can read. I like how they use the word kooky. Yeah. It feels like somebody's grandma wrote that. <laughs> yeah. So how should we handle people who insist on the QAnon conspiracies? To the extent you believe the people in your life are open to discussion, consider directing them to more legitimate sources of information about child sex trafficking and human trafficking. I like that preface, like to the extent. <laughs> right. Uh, you're going to have to determine whether this is even going to be possible. Like I said, worth your time. Yeah. Um, recognize, of course, that we are living in a deeply polarized time, that people are scared and worried about a range of issues that are manifesting in complex ways. Not everyone will be convinced by or interested in the realities of sex trafficking. When they sound so much more mundane than some of the complex conspiracies and politically motivated hoaxes. I oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think a part of it, too, is people who are actually being sex trafficked and the people who are buying into these conspiracies are from different groups. Yeah. So they're not really they're like, I don't. Yeah. Not they don't care. It's just like this is not affecting them directly. Yes, exactly. Help them become better informed and explain how these conspiracies and the actions these groups trigger actually harms the victims of human trafficking. I'm going to read that again. And explain how these conspiracies and the actions these groups trigger actually harms the victims of human trafficking. Just wanted to drill that in there. Um, all right. So let's see. Do you have any guidance on the kinds of information to report to, to the Polaris that is helpful and actionable? The tips and reports of possible trafficking situations that are most actionable come from individuals who are concerned about a person they personally know in some way or a situation that they personally have some information about. We refer to this as context and proximity. Having proximity does not mean you have to be extremely close with someone to understand that they may need assistance or that you have to have every single detail of what is going on. But some relationship to the potential victim or trafficker, even in passing, Coupled with your knowledge of how human trafficking actually works. I love that they keep saying that. Actually. The story, rather than simply a checklist of red flags or visible signs, which is another link you can click that tells you kind of how it actually works. Mm -hmm. um, and so you can be aware of those red flags. So that might be a good link to I put. Think we should make a, a video on this. Yeah. Because okay. I, I, I don't know if people are like me where I'm like, okay, I'll read the link. But I like hearing it. And I feel like this is something we should talk about more. Okay. I like that. Gives Polaris and other agencies who help trafficking victims and survivors something sufficient and actionable to work with. Are you going to make a public statement about QAnon and its followers infiltrating the trafficking movement? We will continue putting out information about how human trafficking really works in the vast majority of cases in order to give the public the facts they need to be part of the solution. And I think that's a good choice to make. I mean, whether it's politically or, or whatever else, um, addressing you know, making it about QAnon or talking about QAnon instead of spending that time really trying to educate people on how what it is, actually works yeah. so that because you're not going to force somebody to believe something different. That's the opposite of actually how getting someone out of a cult works. Um, 
people need to come to their own realizations. And that's something that I talk about a lot when I'm dealing with clients that are in domestic violence mm -hmm. situations and relationships with narcissists and people who are abusing them and um, how you really just can't you can't them. argue with them. You can't you have beat to... them because they're confused. And I, at one time, was in a similar situation. And you could have ne never told me because my brain had enough excuses for right. what was going on. I had enough empathy. This wasn't this person's fault. They were behaving this way. Bad things were happening to them or they believe they're doing good or whatever else. If you had, if I, people had fed me information, that's like how slowly. I would have gotten out of it. And that's yeah. actually what happens. So when I did finally visit, um, I'll share something really personal here when i did finally go to the battered women's shelter um to stay there that was the spinoff of me really realizing what was going on and it still took several months mm -hmm. before i got out of my situation but um i saw for the first time ever the power and control wheel which i share often and um I think it's really important for people to see so hopefully i'll remember to maybe post that up or we can put it on the video right here while i'm talking about it um, but i saw this power and control wheel and um i was like wow i love it like we gonna put this in the video like yeah I'm, you, you, I pointed you pointed i'm like i gotta go edit that later yeah <laughs> <laughs> you better put it right here where i pointed no, i gotta go edit it in later oh yes okay <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was the first real piece of education I'd ever seen. And it wasn't even someone telling it to me directly, which made it even less intimidating. That, I didn't feel yeah. like someone was judging me. It was just like, I'm just standing there reading it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is my life right now. It's going to be harder for you to like have these conversations with people you're close with and trying to come in and not seem like you're the authority over the situation or that you're trying to change how they think. But instead, you have to be more understanding and just kind of give the information in a way that doesn't feel forced. The, yeah, it doesn't feel threatening or judgmental or anything like that. And so people kind of need to be handled with kid gloves when yeah. they're in these kind of situations. But that one bit of education led me to hours and thousands of articles and books that I purchased and everything over the last 13 years. Um, that I've known, and I guess it really hasn't been a full 13 years. It's probably been what I was 25, I think at the time that I went and stayed there. So 10 years now, uh, cause I'll be 35 this year. So 10 years of education that I've read about how coercive control and things happen. And um, if it hadn't been for that one picture, right? It, I don't know, I and might it, still be where I'm at. And it doesn't mean that we won't make mistakes along the way. Mm -hmm. you, every day you're learning. Yeah. So, and I, you have to give people the opportunity to be like, you put them in a point of power for themselves to figure it out for themselves, but you mm -hmm. don't put them down for if they know and they still do something wrong, you yeah. just have to help guide them back. Yeah, exactly. And people are going to relapse. I tell people this all the time mm -hmm. when you're in unhealthy relationships, um, it releases the same kind of chemicals in your brain that doing drugs does. And it's an addiction. It mm. truly is an addiction. If you're in a relationship with someone who's narcissistic, the highs and the lows that they take you through in, through that power and control wheel are causing floods of dopamine and serotonin and um, you know excessive drugs, chemicals in your brain. And your brain is becoming hardwired and addicted to that. And the formal term for that is trauma bonding. Which um, a lot of sex trafficking victims go through. Yeah, exactly. You know, you haven't had a father around all your life and now you've got this, you know, much older man who's 
making you do these things but then in other moments he's extra nice to you and gives you extra candy bars and um, tells you that you're pretty or, or whatever and so it's a really passionate thing for me uh, but I'm going to wrap this up since this is supposed to be one of our short episodes so I hope that you guys I guess maybe didn't enjoy necessarily these stories because I don't know that they're so much enjoyable you learn and got a perspective and are yeah. able to share and help support these victims and help support these women these children these boys these girls mm-hmm. these people who are sustain like what is the word um vulnerable vulnerable yeah vulnerable populations so if you feel that passion about children i hope that you turn that passion towards this and uh, we'll be happy to post some links below of the gofundme page if you'd like to donate to that you can find us also on social media at mental myths and mysteries on facebook or mental mysteries on instagram we tend to share a lot of the pictures and images and things we talk about and stories and links there as well if you're interested in sharing a mayhem story with us yourself from maybe something locally that went down in your community that you remember as a kid or um, you want to be interviewed please shout us out on a gmail or hook shout up with us, us <laughs> on gmail at uh, triplemcast at gmail.com and that's it that all wraps right. it up all right you guys bye. have a great day bye